0: Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here.
1: Hi, Chris White here, president of Career Crossroads. Last month, we brought to you the first part of this two-part series on candidate and employee engagement. In part one, Lars Schmidt and China Gorman shared their experience and insights around the topic while setting the stage for a few CXR member companies to share what they're doing at their organizations to make a real difference. So sit back and take a listen as leaders from American Airlines, Waste Management, and Enterprise Holdings shine in this segment with examples that companies and teams of nearly any size should consider.
0: Um, So first, I'd like to invite uh, Marie Arden from Enterprise Holdings to share a bit of what they're doing.
2: Um, So thank you, and thanks for the plug for one of the things that I was going to talk about. Obviously, uh, this topic is near and dear to our heart. So Enterprise Holdings, for those of you who may not know, are the Enterprise National and Alamo brands around car rental transportation mobility. So um, we uh, are a global leader in that space. But uh, as Enterprise, to start and now with all of our brands, uh, customer services really first and foremost to us so we've always tried to adapt that same level of exceeding customer expectations and really delighting the customer uh, into our practices around recruiting and talent acquisition and when the candidate experience awards came out and there was a chance to not only find some way to maybe be recognized but really to measure what we do that was exciting for us. And. Uh, we're very fortunate to have been a winner um, over the years several times and this year again and I appreciate the chance to share just a couple things maybe from our end that we see from the candidate experience side and, and what that means to engagement. So the first I'll just mention, um, as Lars already mentioned, um, you know, something that we decided to do for a number of reasons and has been really beneficial to us in a lot of ways was transparency around what's in our job posting. So, Uh, when someone comes to look for an opportunity within our organization uh, and they read a job posting they're not only getting the what you do and kind of what you need to be qualified and it's very kind of clear and realistic and transparent and um, and to make sure people understand it but we've added the compensation for that role into the posting. It obviously helps a lot for that person to know if it's the job for them, but it also takes away one of those harder conversations to have along the way and, uh, and, and really kind of, uh, kind of levels the playing field for everybody involved. And I think the idea of transparency is really important to us as we look across our candidate experience. A couple of other things that that have been important to us and that I think have helped us to kind of step out and stand out a little is that we really do want to have this level of approachability across our organization. So um, a couple of the things that you'll see if you go to our career site, we're very decentralized. We have a lot of recruiters that cover kind of specific geographies. And you can find that person and all of their contact info, their LinkedIn, their, uh, their email, their phone number, how to find them, and they're, they're reachable. So we tried to remove that idea of the black hole or, you know, not being able to get to a person when you have questions or you're interested in a role. And I know when I usually bring that up in the, the TA world, um, there's always a gasp or two of how do you handle that. and. You know, my answer is, is, we've over the many, many years we've been doing that, we've never had a problem with that being overwhelming from a volume perspective. We get a lot of positive response, and those that are, I always say, crazy will always find you. So those that really want to find you are going to find you anyway, so why not make it easy for the ones who aren't so crazy to find you? Um, so that's one piece. And then tied to that is that our talent acquisition team, the expectation is to return know whether qualified or not to respond directly from them so that someone can get back to them, even though we're using technology and tools behind the scenes to make it easy, um, but to get back to anyone who applies to us. Internally, that goal is two business days, but two, we make sure that our candidates on our site see five business days, it's right at, as soon as they apply, they see that message, it's, it's very transparent so that they have an expectation that someone will reply to them. And we then measure that internally to make sure that that's happening. So I think those are a couple of things on the candidate side that I would add that I think kind of we've used to try to differentiate ourselves and to try to kind of, you know, make sure that no matter if someone is qualified for a job, they still are going to be a customer or the referral of a customer or any of those other things, Um, and we want them to feel good about our brand and know there's all kinds of opportunities, so they may not make this one, but maybe there's another one. Um, I also was asked, and Lars, you can tell me if you want me to speak to this now, to talk a little bit about it from the internal side, from an employee engagement experience. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, great. So, a couple of things there. I think transparency is still the, the key word for me, um, even though I know it's really overused. Um, but, a couple of things would be for us where I promote from within organizations, so, internal mobility is huge for us. Uh, we had uh, over 17,000 internal promotions and moves last year alone within the organization. So that number, which our TA team also handles that hiring and selection for, um, also you know th- that's a big part of what we do. So a few things to think about there. Um, one, from an experience perspective, uh, is we make sure every job in the organization is posted. The only exceptions being a couple C-level ones that happen very rarely, uh, and. So even at a high level, those jobs are posted, qualifications are listed so that everyone, anyone in the organization can see them. They may not necessarily be able to, um, to be qualified to apply to them, but they understand what it takes to get to that position and what, you know, what it takes to be qualified for a role, but also to see what all of the opportunities are. So we found that that just really allowed for our employees to feel that the process was fair um, and, and equal in the way that we look at things. Uh, We also, uh, because we want to promote the idea of internal mobility and internal promotion, uh, we recognize and reward our managers for their performance in that area. Who have they developed? Who's been uh, promoted under them is a key factor when we look at them for promotion, reward, and recognition. And so it's really tying that into the idea of our employee engagement and then underlying all of that from the employee side is really a commitment to development when you decide to be a promote from within company, uh, there's the, the idea of um, you know, developing talent, you have to be really committed to because it's a lot easier when you need someone to go find someone who already knows how to do it than to, to build a bench or to build that team from within. Uh, so you know, we're very fortunate in that that's kind of woven into our culture, but also that even when it's hard to do, our leadership teams have really committed to sticking to that path and that model that really came from our founder. And um, so, you know, a good example of that would be we have an HR organization uh, worldwide of about probably seven to 800 people. And with a handful of exceptions for some specific things, which might be, I could count on one hand or two, um, all of those individuals started in our management training program, started in the business, learned that, were successful in that role um, and in management before moving into an HR function. So we have to build the programs and the tools to be able to develop people to know their new their new job, but that they have the competencies and, and, and have the proven success within the organization to take that on. So just a couple of things from an enterprise perspective that have helped us from both a candidate and an employee engagement perspective.
0: Great. yeah, those are great points, Marie, And I appreciate you uh, raising all those. One quick question from uh, Kim Hartnett. How do you currently measure and assess candidate experience?
2: Um, so we don't have a, we use the candidate experience awards as one because we get a lot of great data and research back from that to look at our process um, uh, through Surveil and the tool that, that they use. We don't have today a company-wide tool that's um, surveying candidates. Um, that is something that's in the the world of what comes next, but we don't have it today. We do look at um, we do at onboarding, obviously measure that, um, and then at an individual kind of operational level, uh, we do survey both hiring managers and uh, and new hires. Um, but at a company-wide level, we really put the onus on the TA team, on the recruiting team. So we look at a lot of things that are more metrics-driven. Uh, I look, we look at, um, like I mentioned, um, time to first contact, uh, and then all the steps through the funnel from there, um, and then just that, you know, quality of that candidate experience, the, the time to for them to to make it through the different steps. So not necessarily just the time to fill, but really from a candidate experience is. Um, you know, the, the measurement of, of the first time they're, they're, they're contacted by a recruiter and then what steps happen from there. Um, and then we do also have some, some, some reporting and some metrics that we work around um, more on an audit basis, but to allow us to understand points of contact, how many times we contact a person before we self-select them out of a role, um, you know, uh, different things like that to, to try to just make sure we're keeping a pulse on all of that.
0: Great. Well, Marie, thanks so much for uh, giving us a detailed overview of, of what you're doing. And uh, Kim, thanks for your question. Um, I want to move on to another CXR member uh, as well as we kind of get uh, hone in on some core examples from Candy's winners. And so uh, I know Allison Lupa from Waste Management is on the call as well. So I want to turn it over to her to walk us through some of what uh, they're doing at Waste Management.
3: All right. Thanks, Lars. Uh, Thanks, everyone. So at Waste Management, we hire approximately 13,000 individuals per year. So um, being that we're the largest uh, waste solutions provider in the US and Canada um, across, we have a large amount of non-exempt hourly operations side that we're hiring for. So um, we do take the candidate experience seriously and, and one of the measurements that we used as part of um, improving our process. So we are a third time candidate experience award um, entry, I guess, into that process and a second time award winner. So we really took that first year to, to evaluate where our pain points were in the process and really took a, took a close look at those areas. One in particular was our uh, candidate process as far as their apply process. So that was a more lengthy process, um, typical kind of Taleo. Um, experience, where the candidates were going through the process. We really took a look at that and said, okay, we need to make it simpler. We need to, to your point, Lars, Lars making sure that we're meeting the candidate where they are, you know, a shopping experience, making it simple. So we took that to a five-minute apply process and really made it easy on the candidate to come come inside of our, our network to be considered. So that's helped um, significantly, from the uh, the number of applicants that we're receiving for our positions, we're getting about 80% of um, applicants via mobile apply process, um, which is you know amazing for us to to be able to attract um, individuals into those roles through that mechanism, which has helped us. Um, one of the other things that we've helped uh, eliminate some of that. Um, Getting back to candidates timely is that we don't allow, through this process, we're not allowing those that don't meet minimum qualifications through to our applicant tracking system. So immediately they're notified if they're not meeting those minimum qualifications through a, a nice message, but it's something that they can take away immediately saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going into this process because I, I truly don't meet those minimums. So that's helped um, on the candidate statusing a little bit there. Um, we track missing results on candidate status um, very closely from the hiring manager status. If they're in hiring manager review or interview uh, longer than 10 days, they're coming up on our report to make sure that we're following up and following through the, with the managers on those candidates. Um, and also when a position is closed, um, we are making sure that all candidates are in a final status. So that was a a quick report that we created within the system to generate that list to make sure that when a position is filled, nobody is left unstatus, so that they have that final disposition and the final communication that goes along with that. So um, we're not perfect. Um, certainly, there are you know individuals that fall through the gaps, but we're taking a look at that and, and tying it to our performance goals for our talent advisors just to make sure that they have the same level of expectations and it's and it's tied all the way through our process. We've also created uh, four work streams within um, our talent acquisition team to really focus on internal experience to make sure that we're not only providing this experience externally, but also to our internal employees as well. We don't have as much, um, and Maria was talking about the um, promote from within uh we're not as not as good as we could be on that aspect and how we're providing that to our own internal customers so something that we're continuing to focus on um, and also sharing best practices through our at our talent acquisition team through yammer um, just to make sure that we're keeping up that spirit of, of our candidate experience
0: great well, Allison, that's great. And I think uh, I love, especially the front end of that, where you're letting people know that don't meet the minimum qualifications right off the bat, uh,
2: mm-hmm. that they're
0: not. Because I think a lot of companies, uh, they just, they don't do that. And that seems to be, you know, very easy to identify early on and just let candidates know. And then, you know, again, they can they can move on. It's just, uh, it, it seems like the, the right thing on so many levels to do, but so few companies do it. So, um, you know, kudos to you for taking that approach at waste management. Sure. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Um, we have two more case studies we want to share uh, briefly. The first is from Rob Doherty at American Airlines. So uh, Rob is uh, dialed in. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Rob now.
1: So I lead uh, TA for um, for American Airlines. Obviously, a big a big consumer brand, and um, I think very similar to what um, you know both Marie and um, and Allison said, just around um, some of the basics. I, I would say for those of you that are um, where candidate experience is important. I would say the first thing, if you are not participating in the candidate experience, um, kind of the awards and surveys that uh, the talent board puts on, um, I would absolutely make sure to do that. Um, that was one of the first things that, that we did, and really knowing we weren't going to win the first year, but the big focus is the data that you get out of that. Um, And what you see, how the, you know, what the winners do and, um, you know, just ways that you can improve year over year um, is really invaluable. And it's, um, you know, it's relatively pretty easy to do. They do all the heavy lifting and the the data that you get out of it. So somebody who's a statistics nerd like myself, um, you know, loves to get get all the data each year. Look how we did year over year. Um, So that would be my first thing. You know, but a lot of the stuff that we've we've taken and, and we started um you know, when I, I came in about five years ago, right after the merger with US Airways, um, you know, we had gone from you know, after nine eleven the airline industry didn't hire very many people. So we went a good thirteen years or so without hiring and then all of a sudden, um, we went from, you know, I think it was 200 requisitions to um, about 3,000 requisitions over a matter of, of two months. So um, we didn't have the right um, model, we didn't have technology, we didn't have you know, much of anything. And our experience for our candidates, our hiring managers across the board was really poor. So we just started with some of the basic kind of tenets of, okay, let's treat people like we would want to be treated right let's um, to Allison's point out making sure people are disposition right with with getting close to a million applicants a year and only hiring. Oh, uh, probably about 5000 people externally each year. Um, there's a lot of people that don't get hired. Most people don't get hired yet. Most of these people are either customers of ours or people who, who could be customers of ours so we need to be quick we need to treat them with dignity and respect and we just need to try to avoid that black hole that Lars talked about a a little while ago um so that was one of the you know the big things that we said and then you know we really started to change the the tone of our messages um and just really tried to be transparent with the with the process so um and, and it is a journey right i actually we had a meeting this morning looking at new correspondencies on You know, letting people know when they apply, hey, this may take several weeks, so don't get discouraged, right? And you have the ability to check your application status. So I would love to be able to get through everybody, right, within a a two-week period. But with the volume that we have, um, especially with some of the seasonal stuff, we just can't get to, to everybody like I want to. So I just said, let's just tell them, right. It's going to take several weeks. Don't get discouraged. Um, anybody who's flown with us this summer probably understand the delays and they're already used to it from us. So let's, um, <laughs> you know, let's just, let's just, i uh, sorry. It's been a rough summer. Um, you know, but let's, let's be transparent let's tell them. Right. And then, you know, let's with dignity if they're not selected, um, you know, invite them to come back and apply, assuming they there are people that we, we want them to, let them kind of know the different steps that they're gonna have to take. So, um, you know, you're gonna have to pass an assessment or um some of those things. I think the other thing that we really started to focus on is and Lars, you really touched about this from a you know, from an employer brand perspective of it's not just, you know, the um you know, all the, the good things and fancy things. Right? It's not just, hey, come work for us and, and fly free and travel the world, right? Some of our jobs are really hard. So we really focused on some of those of doing some realistic job previews and said, hey, this work is not for everybody, right? Really, you know, when, when you're talking about our guys on the ramp, you know, they're working outside, you know, taking care of people's luggage, tossing bags that, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds. Um, you know, and they are, right, in Phoenix, it's 125 in the ramp in the summer. In Minnesota, it's 30 below during the winter, and they're outside doing this. So really making sure people understand that this is the environment that you're going to be working in. Now, there's some great perks that certainly go with that, but really getting people to, you know, my whole point is I want them to watch a video and read that job description, as Marie talked about, and say, I don't want to do that. That's not for me, right? So that's, that's really been a focus for us from a, from a candidate perspective as well.
0: Yeah. I think the, uh, the recruiter in me shuddered a little bit when you talked about going from 200 to 3000 open recs uh, at a given time. Yeah. With 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 no infrastructure uh, and yeah. (laughs) I I hope they have a a robust healthcare plan that took care of the, uh, the therapy necessary for your team to uh, (laughs) make, make that adjustment. So uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: Therapy and happy hours.
0: Right, exactly. Um, so we have uh, we're we're coming close on time now. We have one more um, case study that we want to jump into quickly. And uh, Carrie, I apologize to give you the uh, lightning round, but uh, Carrie Perigo from Intermountain Healthcare is going to be uh, our last case study. And Carrie, we'll have about two minutes, so if we can make this one a lightning round, that'd be awesome.
4: Okay, fantastic. Thank you. Just a quick background about Intermountain Healthcare. We are an integrated health system based out of Utah. We have about 38,000 caregivers. Um, Two things that I will share with you that have been really helpful for us. One would be what's called a keeping in touch letter. And Lars, you talked about the black hole and that was something that we were trying to work with and make it so there was less of a black hole. And so what we're doing is providing weekly communication updates to the candidates. And even within that communication, we provide information on our benefits, Intermountain's previous year successes, and a video of what it what it's like and what it means to be an Intermountain caregiver. And so ever since we have started that process, we actually have candidates that will email us and thank us for communicating with and keeping in touch with them. So that's been very positive for us. The other thing that I would say and I would share in my two minutes is that we have also implemented what we call re-recruiting our past candidates. And that's with what's called a text recruit campaign. So when we have positions that are open and we're not able to get candidates that are in those positions, then what we do is we look at all of the candidates that have applied for those positions in the past And we send them a text and let them know about positions that are opening or that are open. And that has really helped us. Like an example of that would be that we had an echo tech position that was posted for um, more than I believe it was three weeks. We didn't have any candidates that had applied and we did the reach out through a text recruit campaign and actually had six candidates that had, apply, had, apply, had applied um, within a 48 hour period and were able to hire an echo tech plus a nurse out of that. So we killed two birds with one stone. So those are a couple of examples to share with you.
0: Awesome, well, thanks so much for sharing this. I think these are all great examples. So first I wanna thank all the CXR members and Candy's winners for coming on and sharing their case studies. Um, I know we're up on time. There are some questions we got to. There are some we definitely didn't. Um, so we'll see if we're able to get back to uh, those of you who asked questions we couldn't respond to um, via email or offline. And I think we'll try to bake those into future webinars as well. Um, but one thing I want to do, I want to turn it back over to my colleague, China, just to tell you a little bit more about kind of what we're building with the TM community. And just briefly before I do, I think part of the driver in CXR's evolution was really kind of looking at holistic talent management. It's not about HR and recruiting a separate silo siloed functions. I think when companies that are really, uh, you know, advancing the narrative in terms of capabilities and the people function and that encompasses all of that, they take a holistic approach. And so that's one of the things that we really wanted to do in creating this new talent management wing of CXR is to really create opportunities for um, CXR or for HR and, uh, you know, people ops and talent management leaders to have a better connection to what's happening in recruiting and vice versa, uh, and then also really create a platform for talent management and HR professionals that, uh, quite frankly, we don't think exists right now. So um, let me turn it over to China, and she can tell a bit more about what that is.
5: Well, many of you are uh, CXR members and uh, in the talent acquisition community on the talent management slash HR side, we're gonna mirror a lot of what Jerry and Chris have done sort of operationally and sort of the rules of the road. And for those of you who aren't familiar or are not um, a current um, TA CSR member, um, our model is really simple. It's a membership model. Um, You buy a membership for a year and it gets you two seats at one of a number of meetings. Next year um, in 2020, we will have um, a minimum of four talent management slash HR meetings to augment um, the meetings that are um, the robust number of meetings on the talent acquisition side. Um, the meetings are topically focused um, and, um, and hugely interactive. Um, we Just like as in this call, we call on the members who are there um, to talk about what's happening in their organizations and the topics that we will be covering um, per each, um, meeting will be sourced and, um, and influenced by, um, by the members. Um, each meeting is hosted by a member company. Um, and so we, we also get to, to understand, uh, in real time, uh, what our member companies are like inside, uh, as, as we come to, to visit them. Our, our meetings are hugely, hugely interactive. Um, the whole point is the peer to peer sharing brainstorming uh, sharing of what works and what doesn 't work within an indisputed and hardwired cone of silence so particularly as we have senior leaders in the room sharing challenges and and solutions that worked and solutions that didn't work, um, it becomes really critical that you know what 's what 's what happens in the room uh, sort of stays in the room. And there's great, great power power in that. Um, uh, the, you can find out more uh, specific, I know we're running out of time, I'm looking at the clock. Um, you can find out more about what does it cost and how does it work. Um, if you go to cxr.works, our, our uh, Career Crossroads website, and if you click on the talent, um, Uh, the talent management uh, button Um, it will take you in and and walk you through sort of all the things that that we are in the midst of planning for a a membership year that that starts really quickly.
0: Yes I think one of the things that makes CXR such a unique model is the mix of online and offline community engagement and uh, that certainly is the, the playbook that Chris and Jerry built that we're going to take over the talent management side um, and so as China mentioned, we're going to be doing live events uh, over the course of the year, but on an ongoing basis, uh, we're going to be using digital hubs that allow us to kind of foster engagement and conversation and most importantly, learning and problem solving. And so questions that you have um, the idea of these digital hubs is its way for a peer to peer exchange and collaboration and problem solving. Uh, we definitely encourage you to go in, navigate, create an account. Uh, invite your friends, it's open. Uh, and then uh, we really want to kind of build this together with you. So if you have ideas on topics, content, etc, that you want to see or you want to learn about, we will uh, we'll incorporate that in. So um, with that, thanks so much for your time. I know we're, uh, we're right on time. It was my friends in the UK say we're bang on time. And uh, thanks again, especially to all of the uh, CXR members and Canadian's winners for sharing your stories and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. We'll see you in the exchanges.